All right, so tell me what you guys have talked about last two weeks. And everything give thanks, right? Okay. Uh, so I know Thanksgiving hasn't started yet, but I'm going to kind of transition because this is, we've got three Sunday schools left in the entire year. Is that, that's crazy, yeah. <clears throat> so. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 1. And it'll be really easy, but I'm going to make you guys guess what I'm going to talk about. Matthew chapter 1, we're going to read a lot actually. Verse 18, we're going to start and go all the way through chapter 2, verse 18. Starting at the end here and just go around and around and around. What are we talking about at the end of the year, Audrey? We're talking about Christmas. Happy birthday, Jesus. Wow. Happy birthday, Jesus. Good. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with the child of the Holy Ghost. And Joseph, her husband, being just man, and not willing to make her whole example, was minded to put her away for the Lord. Now all, now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which it, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, "Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they, and they shall call him his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us." And Joseph being raised sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and so unto him his wife. Chapter 2, verse 1. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east of Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that born king of Jews? For your seen a star in the east, and I come to worship him. When Herod the king heard these things, he was troubled and all, the, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them what Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. Verse 6. Verse six. Now Bethlehem, the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for for out of the shall come from that shall rule many people to Then Herod, when he privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and watch him. When they had first came, lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. Then they saw the star, and they rejoiced with excitement. Exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw a young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, 
gold and frankincense and myrrh, and being warned of God in the dream that they should not return to their own country. And when they were departed, behold, the Somebody give me a synopsis of what we just read. Summary. And? And the wise men. All right. So we're talking about Christmas, and I'm going to kind of call this a transition. Giving thanks to Christmas. All right. So specifically today, I want to talk about the prophecies that were fulfilled by Jesus' birth. All right? Uh, you notice as we read through, the author calls out three or four different uh, prophecies. We're going to go look at those and others and see where they are in the Bible and kind of take a closer look at them. All right? So the, uh, essentially, the theme of the Old Testament or the major theme is that somebody is coming, a Messiah is coming. So let's start at the beginning and see how that theme kind of is played out throughout. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Lots of page turning today, guys. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Whoever's next. I think we're back at the beginning, actually. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. All right, what are we talking about? Where are we? Correct. This is the fall of man, okay? So uh, this is the curse, part of the curse that uh, God puts on man. Specifically, um, what he's saying to the woman... Or no, it's to the snake, actually. It's going to put enmity between the snake and uh, the woman. But what does it say about the seed? What is the seed of, of the woman? What is that? Her kids. All right. So this is actually the first prophecy in the entire Bible about Christ. All right. Uh, so... Jesus is the seed of woman that uh, will crush the serpent with his heel. 
Um, and specifically here, it's the seed of woman. Every time, every other time in the Bible when you talk about the seed, is there a light going out, in and out, is that what I'm saying? Uh, every time elsewhere in the Bible when you talk about the seed, it's the seed of man. So this is also the first uh, look at uh, Jesus is going to be uh, born of a virgin. So prophecy will do... Yes. Don't judge my spelling. Uh, virgin birth. All right, next one. Let's turn to Numbers. Numbers chapter 24. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Whoever's next, let's read Numbers 24, verse 17. I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and the scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab, and destroy all the children of Shem. All right. So this here, we're looking at uh, words spoken by the prophet Balaam. All right. So while Israel was taking over the promised land, or actually Moses is still in charge, they're kind of heading back to the promised land, uh, Balaam is hired by the Moabites. He's a uh, prophet, but kind of a false one. Uh, So he's hired by the Moabites uh, to curse the Israelites. But God interferes and actually only allows uh, Balaam to say only what God says. There's a talking donkey involved. You know, it's a, actually a pretty cool story. Anyhow, so in this verse we see two things that must happen. Uh, firstly, that the person that's coming must come from Jacob. Who's Jacob? Father of the Israelites. Very good. Another name for him is Israel. And then secondly, there will be a star. All right. So how did the wise men know? It was actually this specific prophecy. All right. So you can kind of trace Balaam's lineage to the Magi. All right. And so this uh, prophecy was passed down from Balaam to the Magi. And that's how they knew that this king was coming based on the star that arrived in the east. Next one. Isaiah, chapter 11. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1 and 2. All right, what are we getting from this? What's a prophecy here? Similar to this one. The person who's coming is going to come from... 
Jesse. Who's Jesse? Come on, Bible scholars. Say it. Yes. Yes, father of David. And by David, we mean King David. All right, next one. Jeremiah, chapter 23. Jeremiah is right after Isaiah. Chapter 23. Yes, Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 5. So, what are we getting from this one? From David, yes. We're getting closer. Right? We said, okay, here, it's going to come from the Israel. Now it's going to come from Jesse. Jesse had a whole bunch of sons. Now, specifically, it's going to be a son of David. Okay? David was actually told this prophecy directly. Next one. So for these next four, let's actually turn back to Matthew. Yeah, back to Matthew chapter 1, okay? You're going to be putting your finger in there, yes, yes. Hmm? Anyhow, uh, so whoever is going to read first... Keep your finger in here and turn to Isaiah chapter 7. Essentially, we're going to read two verses right, right back to back, but they're going to be different references. Okay? So only one person, the next person, needs to turn to Isaiah chapter 7. And read verse 14. All right, and then the next person read Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. All right, so it's an exact copy. All right, that's kind of what we're getting at here. So uh, this is a direct reference by the author to an almost 700-year-old prophecy at the time. All right? Uh, and this also confirms our understanding of the prophecy of Genesis that it's going to be virgin, uh, the Messiah is going to be a virgin birth. All right? Next one. One person turned to Micah, chapter 5. Whoever's next. You know where Micah is? Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah. Uh, chapter 5, verse 2. But thou, Bethlehem, pray 
Go thou be little among thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me that is to be ruler of Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old and everlasting. Did I give you the right one? One sec. Lots of turning, guys. Yes. So that was Micah chapter 5, verse 2. Now let's read Matthew chapter 2, verse 6. Trust me, just keep your finger in Matthew. That's where we're going to be most. So this is, again, a direct copy, basically. All right. Does anybody know who Micah is? All right. Micah, he was a prophet who lived near Jerusalem around the same time that Isaiah lived. All right. Uh, And, again, Matthew makes this direct reference to the Old Testament passage, uh, which declares that the Messiah shall be born where? your finger in Matthew, but whoever's next should turn to Jeremiah chapter 31. 15. Rachel. Again. Yes, it's one of Jacob's wives. So here it's a symbol for the mothers of Israel. All right. But before we move on, uh, whoever's next, read Matthew chapter 2, verse 15. Oh, I lied. 2.18. All right. So when this prophecy was originally written back by Jeremiah, Israel had been conquered by Babylon, uh, and Babylon had taken all of the best and brightest uh, of Israel and deported them back to Babylon. So the original context, uh, the mothers are weeping for their lost sons, but now Matthew gives us a greater uh, context, and he's actually prophesying the massacre of the two-year-old and younger boys in Bethlehem. Almost there. Uh, Next person, turn to Hosea, chapter 11. Jeremiah Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea.
chapter 11, verse 1. All right. And then next person, Matthew chapter 2, verse 15. All right. So if we take uh, if we take the verse literally, this is a, is a historical hist- statement by Hosea about God pulling his people out of Egypt through Moses, all right? But the reference from Matthew makes it clear of the double meaning that the Messiah shall also come out of Egypt. So what is this referring to? It's uh, God told Joseph to take his family to Egypt so that they would avoid uh, the massacre by King Herod. So why do you think I'm collecting all of these references for you? (laughs) No. It's actually what Matthew was best at. Matthew was best at saying, this is what the Old Testament said, and this is how Jesus fulfilled it. We went all the way back to the beginning, right? And we traced God's plan and the little glimpses we got of it all the way up until it was fulfilled. It kind of started at the fulfillment. So since the beginning of time, God had a plan, and that plan included yours and my salvation, right? From the very beginning, in Genesis, somebody has come. All right? So, let me put this one. God had a plan. We'll put has a plan. These are the points I'm trying to make. What do we know about that plan? Did he make the plan and then kind of, like, oh, I'll get to that later, procrastinate, or never do it. My point is that he actually did what he was saying, uh, said he was going to do. Jesus fulfilled every single prophecy. This is just some that I picked out, right? But if you go throughout the entire entirety of Jesus' life, uh, everything that he did was, uh, not everything, but a lot of the things he did, he did to fulfill prophecy, right? So... God has a plan. God had a plan, and he carried it out. He did it. All right? So what do these two things combine into? What is this picture that I'm trying to give you guys? He told us he was going to do something, and he did it. He good way to put it. He keeps his promises. 
running out of room. Right. So that's what I'm trying to give you here with a quick look at the Christmas story. An overview and then looking back. God had a plan. He carried it out. And so we can use that as an example of God keeping his promises. Right? What are what are some other things he promised? Just kind of broad scope. What are some other things we can count God count on God to do? You guys are really quiet today. Look, I picked a few out for you. So in Deuteronomy, he says he will never leave you or forsake you. promises he made that we can count on. Alright. Also in Psalms it says he's going to save you from harm and disease. Pestilence. Alright. All these are pretty pertinent things right now. Do you agree? Notice that he does not promise to protect you from all of these things, as in these things are going to happen to you, right? But he will never let you fall. He will always be there, right? He will never leave you and forsake you. He will always see you through those travels or trials, right? So I think if we use the Christmas story as an example of God keeping his promises, and we take a look at these other promises that God has given us, Christmas, uh, the Christmas story is a perfect reminder that we should be thankful. Right? Thankful that God keeps his promises. He's got a plan. And even if it's a tough time, even if there's harm or disease or we're stumbling, He's going to see us. A different way to look at Christmas. 